Isaiah 43, You are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am He. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. I have declared and have saved and I have showed when there was no strange God among you. Therefore you are my witnesses, saith the Lord, that I am God. Yea, before the day was, I am He and there is none that can deliver out of my hand. I will work and who shall let it. There, there are times in, in my prayer that, that I pray part of this passage of Scripture. Uh, when I am, when I am uh, exalting God in, in my prayer, there's times I pray part of this passage. I, I want God to know that I know that He is supreme. I want God to know that I recognize and believe that He is the only God. He is the only Savior. And beside Him there is no other. And I, I, I chose this as a foundational scripture uh, because it is such a declarative statement by God acknowledging the fact that He knows He is supreme. Amen? Amen. Amen. So the most renowned scholar of his time, Erasmus of Rotterdam, was a complex and cosmopolitan Christian humanist. And that word Christian humanist is going to play uh, into um, some of our comments this evening. So, although courted by universities, popes, kings, and an emperor, this frail intellectual carefully protected his independence. His consuming passion for piety and unity was best served, he felt, through the power of his pen. A visit to England in 1499 proved to be a turning point when he was both captivated and challenged by an Oxford lecturer, John Collett, the future dean of St. Paul's Cathedral, who fired his imagination with the ideals of Christian humanism and specifically the importance of a return to the normal sense of the biblical text. Such a goal, the two agreed, would best be realized through a working knowledge of the original languages of the Bible. So Erasmus uh, went on to be a noted uh, intellectual in the Greek language. And then Erasmus's work in Christian humanism became extremely popular, but was uh, uh, the, 
the result of some relational distance between himself and the reformer, Martin Luther. In a letter to Erasmus, Luther said, Your thoughts of God are too human. I want you to think about that. Your thoughts of God, Luther said, are too human. I believe this to be the case with all humanity. Preachers and teachers of the Word included. Because of a lack of searching the Scripture to thousands of Christians, the the God of the Bible is quite unknown. I want you to pay attention to the words that that I printed there. Because of a lack of searching the Scripture to thousands of Christians, not to thousands of of unredeemed people, but to thousands of Christians, the God of the Bible is quite unknown. In, In a scathing rebuke to apostate Israel, God said in Psalm chapter 50, verses 7 through 21, and I I will read the entirety of this. He's, He's speaking again to apostate Israel, and he says, Hear, my people, and I will speak, O Israel, and I will testify against you. I am God. Your God. I will not rebuke you for your sacrifices or your burnt offerings, which are continually before me. I will not take a bull from your house, nor goats out of your foals, for every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle on a thousand hills. I know all the birds of the mountains, and the wild beast of the field. Or mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world is mine and all its fullness. Will I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? Offer to God thanksgiving and pay your vows to the Most High. Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. But to the wicked, God says, What right have you to declare my statutes, or take my covenant in your mouth, seeing you hate instruction, and cast my words behind you? When you saw a thief, you consented with him, and And have been a partaker with adulterers. You gave your mouth to evil. And your tongue uh, frames deceit. You sit and speak against your brother. You slander your own mother's son. The things you have, these things you have done. And I kept silent. You thought that I was altogether like you. Notice what the Lord is saying to Israel. 
God is, is reflecting, or, or, or rather, in, in Luther's letter to Erasmus, Luther is reflecting the words of God from, from the book of Psalms when he tells Erasmus, your thoughts of God are too human. In other words, they're, uh, your, 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 your thoughts are trying to, to place too many humanistic things on God. Your thoughts about God are not lofty enough. They're not exalted enough. And so when Luther wrote the letter to Erasmus and said, your thoughts of God are too human, he is reflecting the words of God to Israel when God said, you thought I was altogether like you. Now, when, when you think about what God is saying and go back up in the context and begin in verse number 7, then, then God is really expressing in some ways how He is different from, from humanity. See, He said, if I was hungry, I wouldn't tell you. In other words, God's not trying to be smart. God's not trying to be sarcastic. God, God's not trying to be hard to get along with. But what God is trying to get Israel to understand is this. If I were hungry, there's nothing you can do to help me. Because I'm not like you. It would, I, I wouldn't take a bull from your house or a goat for your, from your house because God's saying, all the beasts of the field belong to me. Every one of them. And so again, he says, you thought I was altogether like you, but I will rebuke you and set them in order before your eyes. So now, let, let's break down the, this chapter in, into a basic outline. When you go back in, in Psalm chapter 50, uh, the, the introduction... Could, uh, in verses 1 through 6, which you don't have printed there, but that would be the introduction to Psalm chapter 50. And the introduction could be titled, The Supreme Judge Enters to Preside. So what he's doing is, in verses 1 through 6, he's setting the stage there. And, and the Supreme Judge is coming in to preside over an apostate Israel. Verses 7 through 21 could be titled, The Supreme Judge Levels Two Charges. The first charge in verses 7 through 15 would be the charge of ritualism. And the second charge from 16 to 21 would be the charge of rebellion. And then in verses 22 and 23... The Supreme Judge offers a, a solution. And you don't have that recorded there either. So when it came to the second charge, I want you to notice this and, and keep in mind 
the, 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 the sentence. Your, your thoughts of God are too human. Keep in mind, when, when it came to the second charge in Psalm 50, the charge of rebellion, God says, you think that I am like you. Now, when you think about that, and you begin and you think about things that are happening in, in this world today, and you, you can see that this, this is not just a problem in the unredeemed world, but this can be a problem in the church. Because of the, of the current culture in which we find ourselves now, we, we can begin to think that God is just, it is just too much like us. We, we try to relate to Him in, in human terms. I mean, I, I saw just the, the lyrics this afternoon of a, uh, of a, a, a Christian uh, music artist. Very, very popular. Very, very popular. Uh, in, the, in the younger generation. Not popular with a lot of people in my generation that I know of. But, but he married... This young man married one of our apostolic pastor's daughters. And because of the pull of, of popularity and, and money, they pretty much renounced the truth and, and, and now write songs. And now, now he's got, got this new song out that I saw this afternoon that, that people are lauding and just going crazy over. You know, the, 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 the idea of the song is that you know, God's not mad at you. God doesn't hold your past against you. He, he loves you so much. He wants to make you happy. Now here, here's, the th- here's the problem that, that I have with that. And I, and I saw apostolic pastors that were saying I got no problem with those lyrics and I and I'm when I read stuff like that I'm thinking man you know I, I don't know where you have been I don't know what kind of relationship you have with the word of God but I find in my Bible that there's going to be a final judgment and the supreme God is going to convene court And there's millions of people going to go straight to hell because God is holding their past against them. Make sense? You need to pay attention to what you listen to. And and the lyrics of the songs. I, I, I don't care if it's Tarrin Wells or... Well, I just told you who it is. I don't care if it's Tar and Wells or anybody else. You know that 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 graces some of the platforms of apostolic churches and sings all that garbage to young minds and young spirits that, that's just absorbing that stuff because of his popularity. I'll tell you something. There's coming a day that every man, the Bible said, is going to give an account for the deeds of his life. Whether they are good 
or whether they are evil. But, but there's going to be an account. See, see, Luther way back in the Reformation was right when he told Erasmus, your thoughts of God are too human. Erasmus, you need to get out of this Christian humanism. You need to elevate your thoughts about God because God is supreme. He is supreme above everything. And He will judge the the past of people. I don't care who writes contrary. He will judge the deeds of both good and bad. Amen? Amen? And I and I, I don't mean to take issue, but but I, I do I do need to make a statement. Because we had a preacher here Sunday that, that said in the end of his message con- concerning worldly people out there that you know that um, uh, you know are, are, are hooked on this and, and hooked on that and, and the statement that he made was that there, there's, there's just enough good on the inside of them to bring them to God. You remember him saying that? That there's just enough good in their heart, you know, to bring them into relationship with God. Well, I'm sorry, but I read a book that tells me that there is none good. No, not one is what Paul said. In fact, he went further and said, there is none that even does good. Amen. So, so the problem is this. When, when you're, when you're When your thoughts and your ideas of God are too human, we begin to think that that there are things that God will overlook and things that He won't take into account and things that people won't stand in front of Him and give an account for. But we better understand today God is supreme. He's supreme. I don't mean to preach. I'm supposed to be teaching. But listen, this world and all of Christendom need to understand that God is supreme. So what are you talking about when you you talk about supreme? Well, you know, the idea is all through Scripture. And and we'll we'll see some of that, not tonight, but if God tarries next week. But, But Webster says... That supreme is highest in rank or authority. So let that sink in. Highest in rank or authority. You, you know what that means? That, that word highest means you can't get any higher. You know, it, it's, it's kind of like you know, a general in the army or the military. Uh, you know, there's four-star generals. I don't know if there's five-star or I don't know how high this thing goes. But, but, but you know what? There, there, there is a point that they can get that they can't go any higher. You know, you, you could say, hey, I'm, I'm it. I'm, I'm the highest I, I am, I, I am the, 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 the foremost authority here. 
Because you can't get any higher than this. Listen, that's why they call our courts, our federal court, the Supreme Court. Why? Because what that's telling you is you can't get any higher than the, in, in the courts of this land than the Supreme Court. In fact, if you have a case, it goes before the Supreme Court. What the Supreme Court rules is the final authority. That's it. Once you have a case that reaches the Supreme Court and, and the Supreme Court rules, if they don't rule in your favor, you have no other recourse. That's why it's called the Supreme Court of the United States of America. Now, I could go to judicial court, and if I don't like the ruling, I can appeal it. You know, I, I can go to, 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 to circuit court and the same, district court and, and the same. But, but once, I get, once I get to the Supreme Court, if I don't like their ruling, I'm just out of luck because that's it. They are the highest. They, rank, they are the highest in rank and authority. You know, another word for that is ultimate. And, 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 and another word is final. So when you talk about the supremacy of God, you're saying that God is the highest in rank and authority and nothing and nobody exceeds that. And we need to remember that he, he is the final authority. So God is the highest in rank or authority. God is the ultimate. God is final. Here, here's, our pro, here's some of our problem. Some of our problem in this world is that man has begun to play God. With all the sin and wickedness that is transcending the globe, man is making a valiant effort to play God. I want you to notice what, what Genesis chapter 1, 26 through 28 says. Then, who said... God, the, the supreme one, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in His own image. In the image of God created He Him. Male and female created He them. Then God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. But listen, mankind is not content with the plan of God. 
So there are these disgusting and abominable ways to alter the plan of God. Why? Because God is no longer supreme in the eyes of the world. Mankind is. See, we've come to the place, you know, in, 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 in culture, culturally and societally, that we think we are the supreme. We think whatever, whatever it is that I say, that's, that's what it is. That's what it is. You, you think about it, the thinking is really idiotic. You know, what are you, male or female? Somebody else will say, well, well, he or she is whatever they say they are. You know what that, you know what that statement is? And I've heard that statement made. Well, are they male or are they female? They are whatever they say they are. You know what, you, you know what they're saying is? The word that man or that woman, whatever the case is, is supreme. Whatever they say is the final authority. Whatever they say, you know, is, is what really is. It does not matter what gender they were when they were born. Whatever they say they are, that's what they are. And we, and we look at that and we say, man, that is a stupid statement. But I want you to go beyond the stupidity of the statement. And understand the spirit that's motivating this stuff. Because I'm going to tell you right now. That this is a spiritual thing. This is a spiritual thing. That, that is riding on the backs. Now I'm going to make a strong statement here. And it's not going, it's not going to be politically correct or anything like that but but it is riding on the backs of what could be considered mental retardation now, I'll prove that with scripture here in just a minute because that, that's not what I'm saying that's what God is saying because we've already studied it in weeks and months in, in the past in Romans chapter 1. And that's what we're going to close out with this evening. When, when people begin to think that they're the supreme one. There is something that changes in their minds mentally. And God did it. You know why? You know why he can do that? Because he's supreme. And, and we're not. And our, and our thoughts of God can be too human. And we need to understand that, that God, God is supreme. Amen. I, I'm not being rude or ugly when I say there's not one of you sitting in here this evening that can speak the word and it comes into existence. Oh, some, sometimes we try. We pray for people and, and, and we declare healing. Here, here's, here's another phrase. It ties in with this, this uh, our, our thinking, our thoughts are too human about God. 
Here's another phrase that's beginning to catch some steam in, in the ranks of apostolicism that's coming straight out of the new apostolic reformation. Which is a, which is about as heretical as you can get. Don't be fooled by the name apostolic there. It's about as heretical as you can get. It's about as false doctrine as false doctrine could ever be. But, but here's the thing. You know, because we are going to take over the world. Because we are the agents of God's kingdom in this world. And we will subdue governments. And we will reign in governments and, uh, and, and in businesses uh, as people of God. And we will reform this world. See, that's, that's their ideology. So now that they are, they are supreme... Now they can decree and declare things. They can decree it by saying, you know, by having this idea that that maybe has never happened before. Oh, here, here's what it is. You know, God, God's going to raise you up. God's going to bless you astronomically. God's going to give you finances. Oh, I decree it and I declare it in the name of the Lord. And I'm going to tell you, don't be fooled by that because that decreeing and declaring is found absolutely nowhere in Scripture. Our thinking about God is too human. See, after we finish with the subject of the supremacy of God, we're going to move on to the sovereignty of God. Which simply means this. God does whatever He chooses to do. And there's really not anything that anybody can do about it. And I'm not going to look at it this evening, but, but, but God said, you know what? He said, I will have mercy upon whom I will have. What God is saying, that's King James, but what He's saying is, I'll have mercy on who I choose to have mercy on. The implication of that is, if God chooses not to extend mercy, no mercy is extended. I'll save, He said, whom I will save. I certainly don't preach. There's some people who take that and, and preach predestination of the individual. I don't believe in predestination of the individual. Jesus said, whosoever will, let him come. But I do preach a predestined church because God destined a body of believers. There's no guarantee you'll be in it. Amen. If you don't obey the command of the Word of God. Amen. But I'm just, I'm just telling you, God is both supreme and He is sovereign. God does what God wants to do. And so, so man has, has got to the point that, that, that we are supreme. Think, think about it. Think, think about it. The created knows better than the Creator. Now doesn't that make a lot of sense? The created, see we're the created. I already read it, Genesis 1. In the, in, uh, God, in, God said, let, let us make man. 
So God created man. We are the created. But we've got to the place that the created knows more than the creator. You know what that placed us in the the spot of being supreme. When we think that we know more than God or that we know better, when the created begins to think that they know more than the creator, we have become nothing more than idolaters. We are idolizing ourselves. We have made ourselves a God. So, so what does man do when he thinks he knows more than God? The, the first point here is he becomes dissatisfied with the way God made him. I'm not satisfied with, with the way I am. I, I'm too ugly. I, I'm too fat. I'm too flat-footed. I'm, my ears are too big. You know, my, my, my eyes are too, too narrow. You know, and what, whatever, whatever the case is, we become, man becomes dissatisfied with the way God made him. So what happens? Out comes the Botox needle. And wrinkle places become firm again. You, you laugh, but, but it's to the point that you can look at people and say, is that, is that the you I'm seeing or is that something else that I'm really seeing? My, my forehead is too, too wrinkled. It makes me look too old. So I think I'm going to give me a shot in there and, you know, and puff that out a little bit and, my, my cheeks are too flat, so let's, let's get something in there and, and blow them up a little bit. I, I wish they made something like that that make fat people skinny. Amen. But, but they don't. So I'm, I, I guess I'm stuck with it for, for the most part. So what, what does man do when he thinks he knows more than God? The woman's body is altered because she has determined she's male instead of female. What else does man do when he thinks he knows more than God? The man's body is altered because he's decided he's actually a woman trapped in a man's body. He or she becomes very confused with the idea that there is no need to be male or female, but can now identify as some animal. You know what? I'm, I'm a cat. Or I'm a dog. You know, we, we, we listen to these things and, 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 and sometimes it does seem, you know, quite comical, but that's... That's the age we're living right now. That's the world in which we live. Man's thoughts of God are simply too human. The second thing that that happens when man begins to think that he knows more than God, the second thing is he begins to take deference to the Word of God. The canon of Scripture is no longer the written Word of God. 
It's no longer inerrant. It's no longer truth. It's no longer infallible. Man begins to interpret or begins to, in, to manufacture his own interpretation of Scripture and adjust the true meaning of the Word of God. Can I, can I just take a little small um, sidebar right here and, and just tell you one of the most dangerous questions that you can ask any human being is what does this Scripture mean to you? Can, can I just be blunt? It doesn't matter what it means to you. What matters is the original intent of, of that word, that scripture, that context. Be, be, because, because my interpretation of any scripture can be erroneous. My interpretation can be wrong. My interpretation can, can lead me to preach and to teach false doctrine. So, so when, when somebody says, what does that mean to you? Then my response needs to be, it doesn't matter what it means to me. What does it mean to everybody on the face of the earth? That's what matters. That's what matters. It's kind kind of like, you know, years and years ago, I, I worked with one company for twenty seven years, and and you know, after some time, you know, my boss told me that uh, he almost didn't hire me, brother Thomas, because I was I was apostolic, I was Pentecostal, and and to him, now he was. Uh, he, he was a Calvinist. You know, he was Presbyterian. He, he, he believed in the total depravity of humanity. He believed in, in, uh, in limited atonement. You know, that the atonement of Jesus Christ wasn't for everybody. It was for select ones. And, but he told me, he said, and I almost didn't hire you because you said you were Pentecostal. And he said, uh, Pentecostals handle snakes. And I said, really? He said, yeah. I said, not this Pentecostal. He said, you, you don't handle snakes in church? I said, absolutely not. I said, you, you, want me to, you want me to tell you how I handle a snake? He said, sure. I said, when I'm in snake territory, usually I got at least something like a 357 around. That's how I handle snakes. Well, I just assumed that, that, that all, I don't assume anything. All Pentecostals don't handle snakes. That, 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 there's a weird branch out there. You know, they, they handle snakes and they, 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 they light these little propane torches and wave their hand over the fire and, you know, and they, they drink poisons and all, all that kind of stuff. And, but that's, that is not me. I'm telling you, I'm not playing with fire. I'm not picking up a snake. And I'm not drinking any poison either. I know what the Lord intended by that scripture. And so he used to have questions. And he used to ask a question and he would preface it like this. He said, he said, hey, let me ask you a question. I said, okay. 
What, what does the UPCI believe about? And then he would ask the question. I'd tell him her doctrinal stance and all of that. And, and, and then again, sometime later it'd be, let me ask you a question. I'm thinking, okay, what does UPC be, believe about something? And he'd say, what does UPCI believe about this? And I'd tell him our doctrinal stance. So one day, I had this bright idea and I thought, I'm just, you know, when he asked that question again, I'm going to have a totally different answer. So we was in the truck going to lunch one day and he said, hey, I got a question for you. I said, okay. He said, what does UPCI believe about? And then he asked the question. Here was my response. Who cares? That shocked him. He said, what? I said, who cares what UPCI believes about this? He said, well, well, aren't, aren't you UPCI? I said, yes. And you don't care what they believe about this? I said, not really. He said, well, that's, that's strange that, that you wouldn't care. I said, listen. Let's forget about this UPCI business. Now, I'm not anti-UPCI. But I said, let's forget about this UPCI business. And let's find out what the Word of God thinks about this. And what God's Word says about this. I understand UPCI is a man-made organization. It can, it can be an error. It can go the wrong way from the Word of God. I said, let's determine what God's Word says because God's Word is the final authority. Amen? Amen? So, it's no longer inerrant. It's no longer truth. It's no longer infallible man begins to manufacture his own interpretation of scripture and adjust the true meaning of the word what what does man what does man do when he thinks he knows more than god man determines what god will accept and reject in spite of the scripture saying to the contrary that's what man does when we have thoughts of God that are too human. We will bring God down to our level and we'll say, well, I know the Word of God says this, but what have I told you about those buts? Huh? What have I told you about those buts grammatically? Something is about to change. I know the Word of God says this, but I just, I just don't see God, you know, really holding that against me. Your thoughts of God are too human. I, I know this is, this is wrong. I've had people tell me, I know this is wrong, but when you insert that word but, you're telling me that your thoughts of God 
are too human. No longer is God supreme. He's too close to me. He's too close to being like I am. And so we begin to, we, 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 man begins to determine what God will accept or reject. Now, let, let, let me move on. I ask you a question, what does God think of this? <laughs> this what? All this stuff I've just been talking about, about what happens when, when man's thoughts of God become too human. He becomes dissatisfied. He knows more than the Creator. His his attitude and belief of the written Word of God becomes altered. What does God think about this? Isaiah chapter 55, beginning with verse 6. God said through the prophet, Seek the Lord while He may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. For my way, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. You notice what God is saying? It it, it doesn't matter what you think, I'm supreme. You need to seek me while I can be found. You need to call upon God while He is is near. And oh, I sense the Holy Ghost in in what the Lord is saying. He said, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he'll have mercy on him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. Why do I do this? Why do I seek Why do I call? Why do I forsake? And why do I return? Because the thoughts and the ways of God are higher. That word higher in the Hebrew is just simply lofty. It's exalted. They are higher than the ways of man. So what God is saying to Israel is this. You need to seek me. You need to seek me. You need to call upon. You need to forsake the wicked way. The unrighteous man. His thoughts. Why? Because his thoughts about God are too human. Let him return. God will have mercy. He'll pardon. Four. Four in verse eight gives us the reason why you must seek, call, forsake, 
and return. The reason is the thoughts and the ways of God are more lofty. They're more exalted than the ways of man. God is supreme. He is the highest in rank and authority. He is the ultimate. He is final. So much so that He inspired the Apostle Paul to warn the Roman saints. Romans chapter 1. I'm going to read this, and we, we've, we've examined this in the past. But God is trying, is going to prove to this world that He is supreme. Listen to what He says through Paul. Verse 20, For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. We talked about that in a message on Sunday morning just, just recently. Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God. Why? Because their thoughts of God was too human. God proves this. They, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be what? They became what? And changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man. Here is, here is where full-blown idolatry comes in. When you change the glory of God into uh, something that is like, uh, uh, into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up. I want to stop right here for just a moment. And I want you to notice those three words. God, or all, those four words. God also gave them up. This, my friend, is something God has done. This is something God has done. God has given God has, has, has changed. And listen, listen, listen. God gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed. This is men changing. Who changed the truth of God into a lie. Why? Because we think we're supreme. We think we know it all. We think we know better. The created knows more than the creator. Who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause. Here it is again. For this cause God gave. God gave them up to vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another. 
men worketh men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in, in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, here it is again, God gave. I want you to notice the actions of God. God gave them over to a what? I heard a man say it like this. And I don't know his credentials. But I heard a man say it like this. He said, when, you, when you've got a man that, that has sex with a man, and you've got a woman that has sex with another woman, and, and you've got these people who, who are in between all of this stuff, he said, they call it an alternate lifestyle. He said, but I'm telling you right now, something has been affected in their minds. He said, they don't think normally. They don't act normally. Their, their, their mental capacities has been affected and it has been altered. And when I heard that, this, the words of, of Paul and, and, Rome, and Romans just, just really beamed in my, in my brain, in my spirit. God gave them up. God did it. God gave them over to this stuff. God gave them over to a reprobate mind. That reprobate mind is a mind that does not function normally. Why did that happen? Because man's thoughts of God were too human. And man got to the place that he believes he's supreme. And God is not. So God says, I'll show you I'm supreme. I'll alter your thinking. I'll alter your mind to where you're a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Now, I'm going to tell you something. You can believe me or, or you, you don't. But I do believe because of the words of Paul that were inspired of God where he said God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. I do believe that those people can, can get to a place they cannot help themselves. Why? God said I'm supreme and you're not. And because you insist on this I'll alter your thinking to where you think this is normal. I'm going to tell you something. It's a dangerous thing to, to see a boy that, that we would term to be a, a sissy. You know, he, he talks more like a girl. He, he walks more feminine. He seems to be more comfortable hanging around girls than he does other boys. It's a dangerous thing to laugh at that stuff. Okay. And, and these tomboyish girls, 
that that had rather hang around the boys climbing trees and you know and and and, and riding bulls and all of this kind of stuff because well I'm just I, I ain't nothing but a tomboy I mean I'm just a, I'm, I I guess I'm just a boy in a girl's body I you know we laugh at that but that's a dangerous thing to laugh at stuff like that. So, those things which are not convenient. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, Inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful. Listen, who knowing the what? You know why Paul could write, who knowing the judgment of God? Because Paul understands God is supreme. Who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but listen, they have pleasure in them that do them. So some of these little, these little innocent things that we laugh about, you might be careful how we laugh about some things. How we laugh about some things. So if this passage of Scripture doesn't prove the supremacy of God, and I'm going to just go ahead and tell you, nothing else that we're going to look at in these lessons will. Because we have looked at some very strong Scripture and some very strong statements from God Himself about who He is. And what man should do because God knows that He is supreme. Amen? Hey, don't, don't become like Erasmus. Erasmus's head was filled with, with knowledge and learning. Listen, there's, there's nothing wrong with knowledge about the Word of God. There's nothing wrong with learning more about the Word of God. That should be a desire and a goal of every one of you. There's nothing wrong with like Erasmus and studying the, the original languages, you know, in, in which the manuscripts were, were copied. There's nothing wrong with that. But don't let your head become so full of knowledge and influence. Remember, I read to you that Erasmus was influenced by John Collett, who influenced Erasmus in, in, Christian, uh, in, in Christian humanism. And, and so don't, don't let people influence you to the point that you begin to get the idea that God is not supreme. So I'm going to tell you, He is. Amen. There's coming a day in the near future, He's going to prove that to this entire world. So much so, Amen. as Scripture says, that every knee should bow. Every knee should confess 
But then the writer went on and he said, not only should they, but there's coming a time that every knee shall bow and every 